Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Last night I had a dream. I mean, I could have had it this morning. I don't really know because I was asleep. I was actually dreaming. I had a dream that I was trying to find salted caramel juice, me either, for my coffee in a fancy supermarket. Now, important question. Does this make me posh? I'm worried. Hello, 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 and welcome back to your weekly dose of this, that, and the other. Essentially, the only podcast that gives you the airwaves and allows you to bring to the table, well, I guess, a lot of fucking nonsensical shit (laughs) most of the time, if I'm being honest. As ever, as you can hear from the tone of my voice, I am your cheery host. Do fuck off. Uh, My name is Scotty. This is me. Hello. Her on the buttons is producer Deb. Him on the phones is Tim. And trying to make sense of you lot is the lovely Maya. Now... Listen, before we go on, I really do think it's important that I let those of you of the heterosexual variety, apparently they exist and listen to this thing, I need to let you know that you really must stop spraying yourself with sauvage. Sauvage. I mean, it is, it's a terrible perfume at the best of times, but listen, if your aim is to smell like an uptight homosexual with a chihuahua, then go for it, hun, knock yourself out. But honestly, the amount of very plain heterosexual men that I walked past this morning who seem to douse themselves in it, I want to let you know it's not big, it's not clever, you just smell like an uppity homosexual, okay? And whilst we're on the subject, actually, of uppity homosexual, homosexuals, would you please stop wearing Tom Ford? Sorry, Tom Fraud. Do you know what? Tom Ford is literally gay man's version of Lynx Africa, isn't it? It's like so ubiquitous and a sign that you clearly will not get along with this person. I mean, anyway, clearly I've got a a bee in my nasal bonnet. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, there's enough smell news from me this week. (laughs) 
I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to dive headfirst into whatever it is that you think is important for me to listen to this week, because basically it's delayed gratification or delayed trauma, me doing this intro. So Debbie, press go and let's see what these fucking bunch of cunts are up to this week. Hiya, Scotty. Hiya, producer Deb. Hi to the team. I'm very new to this podcast. My friend recommended it to me because they said I might enjoy it. And I love it. I love having this like huge group of friends come with me to do things like the shopping. And I keep thinking like, oh, when I have something to say, I'll come and say it to the gang. But I don't have anything to say. So instead, I thought I'd come and complain about something that I've complained to everyone I know about. And that is, we've got slugs. I said that like the opening to a musical number in a musical. But we have got slugs in our kitchen. And I hate them. I absolutely hate them. And it would be okay if they were just on the floor. Because then you could just flick them out the door and kind of deal with that. But the other day, I went downstairs to make myself a nice little 10pm fried egg. We've all been there. And uh, there was just a little slug slugging all over my hob. Anyway, I threw him out the window. I don't know why I'm gendering the slug, but I threw him out the window. I turned over to the toaster. There was a slug on my scissors. Mice in my home on my scissors. Absolutely kills me. Anyway, as I was throwing that one out the window, a crane fly flew in my face and I dropped my scissors out the window and it made a squelching noise as it hit the ground. So that's been, that's been happening. I don't really have a closer to this, apart from to ask, what's your least favourite animal? Because <laughs> mine are slugs. And what do I do about this? And ooh, I know you don't know me, but if I was going to get a tattoo, what should it be? And where on my body? Well, what way to start? First off, hello, new person. Welcome to the gang. Lovely to see you. Secondly, FYI, I'm not your friend. I'm none of your friends, okay? Because I tell you what, this is a very one-way situation. You will come here with your absolute bullshit, and I have to console you through it. I don't get a cup of tea. I don't get, how are you, Scotty? I don't get, yes, of course you can come over and watch Netflix and chill with me. Apparently that's what the children do. I don't know what it means. This is a very one-sided dynamic, okay? So before you all start saying, oh, we're all friends here, you might be friends with each other, but do not include me in this friendship circle. Many thanks. Now, many a question that you asked there. First one was, what's my least favourite animal? I'm going to have to give that a bit of thought. Probably sharks. You know, I have an inherent fear, even with, uh, when I'm swimming in Manchester Aquatic Centre, which is chlorinated to fuck, and in the middle of Manchester, which is practically, you know, in the middle of the country. I think... Shark might come and get me. <laughs> so I'm going to go with sharks. And what should you get as a tattoo? I mean, I don't know. I don't even know you. You're new here. Stop coming here and asking me what things you should scar your body with. The real question here is, are you too trusting? <laughs> hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. And hi to everybody at the pub, you gorgy lot. Oh, man, I feel like I've tried to record this voice note so many bloody times, and every time I fucking delete it, because I just think, who fucking cares? But I'm doing it because I've wanted to say thank you to you and Deb. You've been working on this. like It's been a fucking lifeline for me. Um, I had a baby just before the first lockdown. 
I live in South London. My family lives out in Essex. So a lot of our time has been pretty isolating with the new baby trying to figure that out without the support of your family about. And yeah, this podcast has been great. You know, most of my time's just spent lapping this fucking park that I'm in at the moment, trying to get my screaming baby to sleep and just being able to hear all your lovely voices and hear all your stories and have a proper gossip and a chat and oh it's just felt really homely yeah oh god i'm gonna get emotional <laughs> that's what everyone does isn't it they call up all calm and collected and then go oh i'm gonna get emotional and that's gonna be me right now but yes i just wanted to call and say thank you because it's a really really lovely space that you've made yeah especially when you're feeling a little bit disconnected i'd say from where you're from you know without getting into it my partner's family are very rich and uh, don't really like him dating having a baby with someone like me who is not rich so it's been a tricky time but it's been nice to plug into you lot and have a listen and just feel a bit welcome somewhere I feel like this is the most rambling voice note you've ever got but uh, just so you know I am thankful Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that gorgeous? A thank you, finally. Isn't that so touching, so sweet? Bless ya. Um, Listen, I think the take home from this call is that we're all friends here, you know, me included, a lovely little friendship circle. What I want to say to you, lovely person, is fuck the family. They can go fuck themselves. Do you know what I mean? You've done a baby. You've done a baby. They can go fuck themselves. Okay, so if I could practically, as your friend, give you a t-shirt that says, Dear family, you can go fuck yourselves, I would. But you're just going to have to imagine it. Okay? Fuck them. That's the mantra of the day. Hi, Scotty and everyone at After the Down. I was compelled to send a voice note in after our lovely Nana JRF's call. And just the fact that they mentioned stepping away from family... And hearing your thoughts on it too, Scotty, it just made me think about a lot of things. So I've been estranged now from my parents for like a bit more than two years now because they had such violent reactions to me being trans and wanting to transition. And it's been such a strange process that's required me to think about so many different things. I'm I'm sure there are other people listening who've been through the same thing. And I don't know, hearing you talk about forgiveness, Scotty, made me think about, I don't know, aspects of it in in terms of, I don't know if forgiveness is something I'll ever reach. And I feel quite bad about that because forgiveness is supposed to be what you're aiming for, really, isn't it? But I feel like something that's helped me survive has been actually knowing deep down that the way they've behaved is completely wrong. Like, it's not black and white, and I completely understand why my parents reacted the way they did. Again, I I don't think it was right. You know, there was a couple of years where I gave them chance and chance and chance again to do the right thing, and I sort of tried to plead with them to understand why I am just the person I am, and, and I have to listen to that. I guess there's a part of me that maybe still holds some degree of anger. But overall, I think, and this is something that I get from listening to the show, just the 
absolute joy that is chosen family. I'm just so grateful for that because as someone who never experienced actually being treated with respect or unconditional love, to have that now in my life from chosen family is just the best thing. And there is such a sense of family and and being there for each other on the podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you and lots of love to everyone. Bye. Oh, uh, do you know what? I love it when this person calls up because you've got such a lovely, warm, kind voice. So thank you very much. I, I love it when you call in. Now, estranged from the family. Yes. Uh, do you know what? There was something, something which I just, uh, it's an anger that me and my mum share, actually, which I really love that I'm able to share this anger with my mum. It sort of gives you the, the cut of my mum's jib, if you will, which is the shit that trans people have to process purely for themselves. You would just think, could people not give trans people a fucking break? Do you know what I mean? Whilst they're processing their own experience and their own relationship with themselves and their bodies, let alone the external shit that the world puts at them, let alone the fucking strategic takedowns that are happening within the right and left-wing press. You know what I mean? Ugh, ugh, ugh that you would have just thought that maybe bio-family, as I believe it's referred to in some circles, could just give you a fucking break. Oh, anyway, I want to sort of say that I think it's fine to sit within blame. I think so much of like this sort of like self-care and, you know, what children say is doing the work and what we're sort of told in some versions of therapy is that blame is an unproductive um, emotion. And stick with me here. Like in polyamory, where people are always trying to distance themselves, or nominogamy, they're trying to distance themselves from jealousy. I don't know why we try to run away from very justifiable emotions. Now, in polyamory sense, when we try to like rid ourselves of jealousy, we're not really addressing jealousy and understanding why it might be there. And perhaps reframing jealousy as a way of informing what our needs are or what our wants are or what our desires are and I think the same way with blame instead of trying to run away from blame I think it's okay to sit with it to understand the shape of it understand what it's telling us and if it is telling us I can't exist and be myself around these people then I think blame is and anger is completely justifiable if it is not debilitating you in progressing onto your journey so yeah I just wanted to put that out there that like I am like a big believer of being able to say the problem lies here and this is what I feel. And so I I really just, I guess I'm echoing back what you were saying, like to be able to hold these people to account and say, actually, what I think you did was wrong is I think you are doing what the children say is doing the work. Just for clarity, the reason why I was able to find forgiveness was because I was offered a mutuality within the work. My family had demonstrated to me that they had and wanted to change more and they seek and sought forgiveness. And so when they are willing to do that work, what can I do? Do I sit there in resentment being like, no, because of the past? So I I did the work to find myself in a place of forgiveness, but that fucking took a long time. And that's not an expectation that I have of anybody else, but it was because the door was open 
And if the door isn't open and there's no recognition of past behaviour, then all we're left with is blame and anger. Thank you so much for calling. I think this chat that we're having over the last few weeks is big shit. So I hope you're doing all right. Hi, Scotty. Hi, Producer Deb. Hi, everyone in the room. And hi to the newbies on the team making it all happen. It's Fran here. I'm just in the bath and I thought I'd send a bit of a voice note because I was just feeling a little bit lonely, which sounds weird to say considering I'm just talking into my phone, but I'm packing some pretty heavy shit in therapy, which I can't afford every week, so it's a bit disjointed. And I suppose nobody else really knows what it's obviously about, and I sort of, I guess I need some support, and I'm not being very kind to myself, and it's all just a little bit much. And I don't feel ready to talk about it with other people, obviously. So, you know, call into a podcast. That's what you do, right? I just wanted to pick up on something that was mentioned in the pod this week about, like, missing people. I've had to cut out some toxic people over the years and close the door on certain friendships or, better put, walk away from certain situations. Kind of out of self-preservation, mainly. And... I often miss certain people. There's one that I'm particularly thinking about and it can be really hard and I don't get to vocalise that with other people in my life because they have a very strong opinion of those people. But I think there's something kind of weirdly beautiful and almost comforting, I guess, in being able to miss someone from afar appreciate that there were good times and there were bad times but that actually the right thing is not to have them in your life but that you can still miss them and just kind of sit with that and although it's very uncomfortable and hard and sometimes difficult it does kind of get easier but what do I know I'm fucking sending a voice note into the pod whilst I'm in the bath feeling lonely and a little bit miserable. So anyway, I hope everyone's looking after themselves and just trying to be a bit kinder and nicer to yourselves. But if you can't manage that, just maybe be a bit less harsh. I'm going to go now. Bye. Lovely Fran here in the bath. Oh, you know me. Well, maybe you don't. But if you follow me on the Instagram, you'll know I'm a big fan of the bath. I can tell you what, you definitely want to get some magnesium salts for a bath. It does absolute wonders. I'm a big fan of the um, magnesium salts and then whacking in a bit of the smells and bells. So currently I like a bit of sage in there. Oh, I come out smelling like a Sunday roast. It's delicious. Now, Fran, there is nothing, and I think we've said this before, and I think it's important to say, and I know you don't have this expectation of the pod, but I'll clear my throat for the official announcement. As much as it would be amazing for all of us to be able to offer each other anti-loneliness you know like you say it is a podcast (laughs) you know what I mean so there is there's a part of me which is really struggling with trying to you know offer you the things that you need but what I wanted to say was when we think about missing people I often remind myself what is it about that person that I'm missing Because am I missing the person or am I missing having someone make me laugh? And I'm thinking in particular of somebody who completely cut me off 
and they're in the public eye. And quite often we see each other at things like I saw them in my building the other week. <laughs> and they like completely pretended I wasn't there. And I completely pretended that they was there. And, you know, like sometimes I miss that friendship. But now I'm like, actually, I think what it was, was that actually I really enjoyed laughing. And there are other people I can laugh with. And there will be other people that come along in which I will laugh with. So I just find that sometimes a rescuing thought. So shove that in your bath with some sage, please, Fran. Because uh, uh, at Holland and Barrett, they've got some offers on. It's like a penny sale at the moment. There you go. There's, we're not sponsored by them at all. I mean, who even knows if this will make the edit? Well, now it's time for my favourite moment of the show. Honestly, it is my favourite moment. It's the 10-second confession. We had sex in a tent at a festival and then his friends came and they appeared at the door to hide it. He said, just go away for a while. I'll meet you at Tinchy Strider. (laughs) Oh, Now, okay, a couple of things here. One, they were at the door of a tent. I love that. (laughs) You mean they were behind a piece of polyester? (laughs) Also, the accent in which you delivered that and the level of shame behind it really does tell me that I think this was a bit of straight trade. And I think it's a straight trade of a certain Irish ilk, which ride! (laughs) So do you know what? All I've got is absolute congratulations for you. But, you know, like the reveal of Tinchy Strider, there you go. There you go. Having sex with straight men is really fucking complex, isn't it? An excellent 10-second confession there. Remember, if you want to get in your 10-second confessions, all you've got to do is pick up the blower and call this number. 0788-200-3420. Coming up, there is more fucking complaining Canadians, apparently. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, there's also talk of pie and mash. Alopecia Sal is back and Pauline from Wolverhampton has had a job interview. I can barely contain myself. But before that, please let me remind you that this thing that we do every week, ribbed for your pleasure, has consciously made a decision to remain independent and um, to only align with brands that we think will mirror our ethics. Ethics. This means we do actually rely on you keeping the lights on. So for £2 a week, 5p a minute, you probably spent more than that on dirty chat lines dear you can keep us on air keep the lights on and ensure that we're able to keep going patreon.com forward slash after the tone also you know usually that moment where i go to the internet but absolutely no messages on twitter vision or reviews no reviews to read out this week no clearly you know you all hate me and want me to die so that's nice thank you very much hashtag after the tone pod should you feel like you could take two minutes out of your busy schedules to think about my ego please and thank you listen we started this show oh you're my friend you're the best thing i love this book well put your money where your fucking mouth is please many thanks Scotty, it's Holly calling from North Carolina. I know you appreciate a little travel log, so I'm actually uh, currently driving to Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw. I know that we're having a bit of a Canadian moment on After the Tone, 
And I wanted to say that I spent considerable time living in and around Toronto. And the way that the name of my dear city was pronounced on your podcast gave me a lot of agony (laughs) this week. If you are pronouncing the second T in Toronto, then you have no right to comment on Toronto. (laughs) I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Big talk here, there, from Holly from North Carolina via Nashville, Tennessee, talking about the Toronto. I would say Toronto. 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 I mean, do you know what? Let's just call it what it really is. Fucking beige, boring place in Canada. That's actually really quite far away from the place with the waterfalls. And then you go to the waterfalls and you're like, I mean, it's not that great. If we thought Poutine was the straw that broke the camel's back, wait until they hear about what I think about Niagara Falls. Oh, I tell you what, what a shithole. Wonders of the world, my fucking arsehole. Wonders of the world? It's like, if you've ever been to Blackpool, I tell you what, Blackpool is more exciting. (laughs) Hello. I've just had to pause because I was listening to... The man from Canada going on about the slate in there, Putin. Anyway, I was thinking, oh, blimey, everyone's really kicking off. And then I thought, actually, this reminds me of people saying, oh, yeah, I love pie mash. And you go, okay, hold on a minute. Where did you go? Where have you had this? Show me a picture. It's got gravy on it. No, sorry. And it's round and it's in a little posh ceramic pot with puff pastry on the top no that's not pie and mash so I was thinking oh Jesus but then I fully got it I feel the same about fish and chips but I would choose pie and mash over fish and chips I think fish and chips is overrated there you go the bomb has dropped it's one of those things isn't it when you feel like protective over something I get it and uh, while we're at it, to discuss the proper pie and mash, it's got to be served by someone that talks so cockney you can barely understand them. That's when you know it's going to be great. It's got to be quite soggy, the pastry. And the mash, when they've scooped it out, they don't use a scooper. They use a big knife and then they whack it on your plate and then they use the like butter knife to scrape it onto the plate and the pie's almost got to be bobbing on the liquor and then if you've got a display of cans that look like they've been there since the 80s then that also means it's going to be good and if you've got to share a bench with someone who's on their own who's talking to themselves (laughs) then it's also going to be the best pie mash of your life so If anyone is coming to London in the near future and wants good pie mash recommendations, I'm here for those. Right, glad we cleared that up. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right, so full disclaimer, this is my friend Gemma who's called up before and is an actual friend, you know, real-life friends, not one of these, like, pretend podcast friends. And can I just say... I have never felt more distance between us when she just said what she did about fish and chips. I'm sort of mildly disgusted that I even know her. Fish and chips are great. We'll just just put that back there. 
Now, listen, there's a funny thing about Irish diaspora identity, particularly when you grow up London Irish, where you feel very protective over your Irish culture and your Irish heritage and, you know, the stuff that you told growing up, but also by being London as well. <laughs> you're like, Pyamash also belongs to me, which is the beauty of multicultural London. Do you know what I mean? That everyone sort of adopts it and does their own spin, etc. Now, many people listen to this because unlike Poutine, it hasn't been bastardised across the world. Pyamash is quite a niche offering it is poverty food again but you you can only really get pie mash and pie mash shops as Gemma was sort of alluding to we sit on benches there's often sawdust on the floor and there are a lot of sad older people in there that you think I must rescue all of these people (laughs) now my pie mash order is double double without the liquor now that is a very controversial thing to say if you listen to this and you're like what is double double without the liquor now liquor is quote-unquote gravy that you have with pie mash essentially it's hot water that they've put a little bit of mash through with a shitload of parsley it's like a mock gravy i don't have it because the square pies that i like often have a gravy inside them so i just think i I don't know why you're having it now double double is double mash double pie you got to have... Why would you have... Oh, yeah, please, could I just have one pie? Fuck off. In which world? And then now, because it's got a bit modern, you can have, like, chilli... Because uh, you can have vinegar, but you can also have, like, chilli vinegar as well, which is absolutely delicious. My favourite pie in my shop is on Hoxton Market. Great people in there. Absolutely fab. And the great thing about pie mash is still, like, £2.80. So... There you go. I know Gemma's going to really fucking kick off about me not having liquor, but do you know what? For what she said about fish and chips, I think we're all right. Hi, Scotty. I am a new listener. Just started listening about a week ago. I was just listening to a lovely person call in on episode 15 about Sam Smith. And you took the beautiful opportunity to talk about pronouns. I was wondering if you had any advice. I am a cisgender pansexual woman and my sibling is 16 and came out just over a year ago as trans non-binary. So proud of them. But because of their age and the time that they came out, it's looking like it's going to be till they're 26 till they can get hormones. And that really sucks. A lot of stuff can happen in the time between then and now. Who knows? But would you have any advice for them or for me and how I can help and support them in their journey. Lots of love. Oh, hello, new person. Where the fuck have you been? Huh? Um, it's lovely to welcome you to the circle. Everyone move up a bit. <coughs> I'm going to take the opportunity to clear my throat. Now, the fact that you identify as a cis person and you're sort of like putting that out there and your very normalised relationship with saying, this is who I am. That is you being a supportive sibling, isn't it? So I would say probably, possibly, definitely, what your sibling needs is more of that behaviour, more of allyship within the family that they don't feel like the odd one out, more of that empathy that you're giving, which is like, it's really shit that they are not able to access the things that they need until a certain age. So more of, I'm just saying like more of that behaviour. I think radical empathy can really like go a long way in helping people get through their stuff because... As great as it is to have 
support. Some things in life, you just have to be able to process yourself. And particularly, I think with gender, there are going to be so many internal conversations that have already happened for your sibling, and more that will emerge about choices that they want to make about their body, about their presentation, about their name, about so much that they are going to have to make those choices and you can't make those choices on their behalf. So to be there, to be available, to question what you are able to do, what you're able to give, how you can able to be of support, that is you doing the work. But I know we've got a very big listenership of non-binary, trans, gender non-conforming, gender fluid people. So if anyone wants to dive in on this conversation from experience, perhaps you've got experience from another sibling or a family member that's done some beautiful radical empathy for you, or maybe you're like, Scotty, you're actually talking bullshit. You don't know what you're on about. Then feel free to call up or drop us a message on the hashtag, hashtag after the tone, B-O-D. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Alopecia Sal here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's still going on. It's been a bit, a bit weird, really. I was in a meeting on Zoom. I was told the next staff meeting we have to we have to actually be in the office because they've got a photographer coming in to do a group photo for the website. <laughs> yeah, threw me a bit. <laughs> I've not sort of been out doing socialising stuff, so. People haven't seen me like this. And, yeah, I was thinking I've got a really nice wig. <laughs> but, no, I don't think I will. When this first happened, my, my best mate, Gail, you know Gail. She knows you. She put me onto this show. She was sending me links of, like, stuff, including these wigs. And there was this place that were doing you know, pretty cheap wigs. They're, like, 15 quid, 20 quid. So, uh, got a couple of wigs there. <laughs> I got I got one of these wigs and it was too thick in places. <laughs> so I just started pulling hair out. <laughs> I ended up I ended up with a bald wig. Oh dear. <laughs> I made one of them really nice. I got this lovely, really dark green wig. It looks cool, it looks really nice. But yeah, it's a weird thing. Oh, and I did a thing where I um I asked my boyfriend to paint my head. We'd been to the shops like the day before and in the charity shop they had some face paints. I thought that'd be fun. I can paint my bald patches. Yeah, so I got him got him to do that the next day when it was raining and then I took some photos and put it up on Instagram and it felt like that was my first outing really of the bald head. I got lots of compliments. It was nice. It looked good. I had loads of people telling me to get a head tat. But I don't think I'm gonna do that. Definitely not at the minute. It's really sore at the minute. I've got this um, steroid lotion stuff. I don't know what the fuck it's doing to my skin. I'm all spotty around the edge of my hair. Well, I think it's from this uh, this treatment. I had a break at the weekend because it was getting so sore. I don't know. I don't know. Do I want my hair back that badly? But anyway, I stopped. It stopped falling out with this treatment. I've got probably about 25% of my hair left. But but it's it's there in these strange patterns. I'm getting quite used to it. I think it's I think it's sort of quite cool. But I'm aware that I'm shocking people. I was at the car the other day, and the neighbours over the balcony. I'd not seen her since really. But she did that thing when she didn't say the words out loud. She just mouthed them. And she said, um, "Oh Sally, are you all right?" And she said, "Have you got breast cancer?" And she's but she didn't say breast cancer. She she put that under her breath. Her breath, and she pointed to her bosoms. <laughs> oh dear. And I was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. You know, I, I just got really stressed at work and my hair fell out. <laughs> I 
I've been having a bit of a giggle about it to myself <laughs> just recently. So I thought that was a time to call you. <laughs> One of the things that's been making me laugh <laughs> is I've been getting my boyfriend to do my hair with the clippers. So he's, he's sort of shaving my head. <laughs> you know, I sort of have to go around and check it. And he's like doing the bits on the neck. I'm like, yeah, you have to go a bit down, go a bit go down a bit further he's like yeah but how far down do you go because <laughs> you know I've always been quite fluffy <laughs> you have this but you know I don't want to shave my whole face there's a, there's a bit where the shaving stops <laughs> I just haven't quite figured out where to make that yet anyway yeah thanks ever so much for all the kind words last time and yeah take care of yourself hey eh? cheers mate <laughs> bye Oh, lovely. Al Sal's back. Nice to hear from you, babe. Now, you might remember that uh, Alopecia Sal called up, or Al Sal to their friends like me. Um, They called up because I think if I'm right in thinking that you found a boyfriend through all of this and like, or your boyfriend was quite new into the situation. And anyway, it was a joyful call. So it's lovely to have a, a little update on where you're at. Yeah, as I said, my family, there's a lot of alopecia in, in the family. My mum's convinced at some point it's going to happen to me because, I mean, it's it's literally happened to most people in my family by this age. And do you know what? This sort of call makes me feel like, well, if it happens, it happens, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? If it happens, it happens. Um, I am a big fan of the bandana. Like, my mum, when she had the cancer, she had that sort of debate whether to, like wear, you know, a wig or, you know, what. And actually, I think a head wrap can give you that little bit of confidence. But it's also, it's the, it's sort of the halfway house between being bald and wearing a wig, isn't it? It's like, maybe gives you a bit of confidence, a bit of warmth, a bit of security. But also, it's about, you know, being who you are and what's going on for you. Um, It's a strong look as well. I think the bald head is a very strong look really do listen to that feedback and that gratuitous praise that people have been giving you on the internet. And that's what to focus in on, not her next door. Oh God, what are people like? It's because people don't know how to talk about these things. They really don't, do they? Don't think they've got the tools to be able to go, what's going on with your hair? (laughs) Because I think culturally that might sound rude, but um, I I don't know. I think it would be better than going, have you got breast cancer? (laughs) so wild anyway look forward to hearing the developments thank you so much for getting back in touch again and it's lovely to hear from you honestly i mean that some people that call back up i'm like oh for fuck's sake it's you again but you always a pleasure always a pleasure never a chore hope to hear from you soon babe are you Scotty Babs? Are you Producer Deb? Are you new lad? I can't remember your name, but I'll get back to it. Oh, speaking of forgotten names, it's Pauline, by the way. Pride of Wolverhampton. Thank you for the d- Japanese knotweed advice. Monty Don can do one. You're the next best thing. So, calling today. I had another interview for another admin job. It never ends. And this one was for a nationalised artistic establishment. So, as you know, three middle-class white women with fabulous hair judging me. And I fell into the trap. They asked me, can you tell us something about your background? And I said, oh, well, I'm from the black country. And they looked agog. And then I said, oh, I went to a polytechnic. And they looked ashen. 
And then to top it all off, they said, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, let's get to know each other on a personal basis. I was like, what's your worst habit? And they all looked like they were about to shit a London bus. I tell you now, they looked absolutely horrified. I said, oh, my worst habit is that I leave a stack of washing up. And this woman looked like she was actually going to vomit into her handbag. She was absolutely terrified. So I'm wondering, what wouldn't you answer? And keep on talking about chippy teas. I'm a weirdo. I like a samosa with mine. But I can't have one. I've got a bloody stomach ulcer. All this talk about chips, it's giving me pain. <laughs> Lovely to have all the Hamptons finest down the line. Uh... <laughs> oh, Pauline, I'm so sorry that the people in the arts are so up their own fucking arsehole. Do you know what? If you had said that to me and I was in a position to give you a job, I would be like, do you know what? Brazen, I quite like this person. And uh, producer from Dudley. So, you know, people around your way, I'm very used to deciphering. (laughs) Now, worst habits. If you were to ask me what my worst habit was, well, it depends on on what day you find me. Because I think, you know, from this, I can easily turn. Worst habit. Sometimes, you know, if I know I've got to leave the house at half past eight, it will get to like 17 minutes past eight and I know I've got to get into the shower and I think, I'm just going to lie here until 20 past until it's an even number. (laughs) And sort of tease myself like, how late can I push it? And I hate being late. So I think that is quite a bad habit. Some people might say, I'm quite a nosy cunt, actually, because like if I meet people, quite often, you know, they'll be like, oh, hello, how are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay, thanks. Uh, anyway, what's the best thing you had in your mouth today? <laughs> you know, I just want to know the ins and outs of people's lives. I'm like my granddad in that way. Some people call it nosy. I might call it friendly. I'll tell you what, Pauline, you've inspired us here with this chat of job interviews. So I think we should throw that over to the room to see, like, I want to hear, like, really bad job interview stories. <laughs> I'm guessing, Pauline, you didn't get the job, but do let us know next week. Um, so if you've got a really bad job interview story, please, you know, give us a call. And remember, I also really love the short, sharp 10-second confessions. And there's always room for a minor tragedy. I sound like Margaret Thatcher there, don't I? Minor tragedy. Oh, don't worry, my humour's lost on you lot. <laughs> Deb, what's the number they've got to call? Do the little WhatsApp page voice note too if they want to get in touch with us and pick up any of these strands of conversations. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero. And that's it from us for another week. Remember when you're at the checkout and you hear the beep? Remember, it's probably going to be a Canadian moaning about fucking chips or how to pronounce Toronto. Thank you and good night. <laughs> tone, after the tone, after the tone, leave your After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, vice producer Tim Bano, assistant producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie's Production production. Remember to like, follow or subscribe to catch us every Thursday. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.